0: Uh, Hey, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Bright Lights, where we, instead of cursing the darkness, uh, we light a candle. And instead of whining and complaining about uh, how unfair life is and all the bad things and obstacles uh, and looking back and looking around us, uh, we encourage people to uh, get an idea of your purpose in life and set some goals, and let's go get those goals. And uh, I really believe that if we do what we're supposed to do, our success is not determined so much by our circumstances as it is by us and what we do and our habits and our morals and ethics and values. Uh, And those are the type of things, how, how hard we work um, and I can go on forever on that. But the bottom line is, and life has proven this to me, that uh, my achievements in life uh, depends on me and God and not the world and what's going on in the world and history and things like that. But that's me, and it has worked for the, all my life. I tell people I haven't had a bad day in my life, and that doesn't mean it has been perfect. But uh, my faith had prepared me for it any and everything in life. Uh, So today, um, and it's another blessed day in the hood here, as I say. Uh, Today, our guest is Anthony Hulula. And, you know, we pride ourselves in spanning the globe to bring you achievers. And uh, we've gone all the way to Nairobi, Kenya tonight. And I think it's about four o'clock in the morning or something over there. Uh, and we got a guest here, uh, Anthony, and he's going. We we're going to be talking to him uh, shortly here. Uh, Anthony is doing some great things as far as working with families and feeding families and things over there, so I'll let him get into it. Uh, today, I guess, uh, a couple things. Uh, I'll talk about uh, my dad. Uh, Sunday, last Sunday the 24th, uh, my dad would have been 97 years old. And uh, he was the most important, he is still, always will be the most important man in my life. Uh, I am not too much into uh, athletes, pro athletes and celebrities and rich and the richest famous. Uh, my heroes and mentors and people I looked up to I was around them every day. And uh, it was just their character, the content of their characters and and their smartness and everything that uh, wisdom, I should say, would be a better word uh, that I cherish and fondly remember. Uh, I was a few episodes ago, we talked about uh, the privileges of the rich and famous and white privilege and all kinds of privileges. And I was fairly uh, honest, and saying, I don't want, I'm proud of the privileges that I had. Uh, uh, The privilege of growing up in a family with two parents, uh, having people around me, wise people that loved me and supported me and looked after me. And uh, I just feel like uh, I'm one of the most blessed and privileged people on earth. So I don't envy or complain about other's privileges. Now, my dad, Uh, You've heard me say, uh, my dad, uh, I never heard him swear. I never heard my dad raise his voice. Uh, He always worked hard uh, and sacrificed for his family, for me. And and I could tell that's what he was doing. Uh, He taught me self-responsibility, self-accountability, how to uh, set goals and work hard for him. He taught me to take care of my, how to take care of myself, and my family and my children. He taught me how to be a husband, and uh, I'm thankful for to him for that. Uh, and I just have a lot of great memories. Uh, whether it was working with him, he was a carpenter on some repairing, remodeling on antebellum homes. Uh, he was also a mechanic and just being under the hood with him, uh, working on his car. Or clearing land for a garden, hunting. Uh, and, you know, all those things uh, created a bond between me and my dad. Uh, he just had a wonderful spirit about him. And, and, and with all sincerity, I say to people, I'm half the man my dad was. I never saw my dad come home and sit down and, and watch Sports Center and have a beer or watch Monday night. He came home and he worked until it was bedtime and i always uh, he always taught me that and i i I remember the words of uh, ucla coach uh john wooden who says the best thing a man can do for his children is love their mother and my dad was a good example of that uh and he just taught me how to be a man and I say, even though he never raised his voice accursed or, or anything like that or was disrespectful to anyone, uh, everyone called him man, a man Sylvester. And uh, I'm just proud to be his son. And I'd like to say happy 97th birthday to my dad. Now, the only other thing I'm going to talk about this evening before we bring our guest on is uh, Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter uh, this week. I think it's a great development. I think it's a great victory for free speech. Uh, I haven't been shy about how I feel about big tech. uh, They're censors. I haven't been shy about the fact that here on Bright Lights, we're not going to censor any of your ideas. I think the best thing you can do, even with bad ideas, is disinfect them with the light of day. And so this whole thing where uh, Facebook, Google, a lot of the other social media, uh, and just new media period are not bringing you certain information. We don't do that here, and I don't like it being done. I think it is a threat to our democracy. and uh, people can give you a fake idea of what free speech is. And the very people who will talk about free speech are the various people who are against free speech. No, let me repeat that. They are for free speech, as long as they support their ideas and the way they look at the world, If it doesn't, they don't support it. Uh, It's kind of like diversity. Uh, Most of the people who yell about diversity, what they mean is, we welcome diversity as long as you see things the way we do and you agree with us and you don't offend us. And we take a different position here. We welcome any and every ideas that you have. Uh, If we have uh, enough knowledge to push back against them, we will. If we have enough knowledge to feel comfortable agreeing with you, we will. But we will always challenge you no matter what your ideas are. So, anyway, uh, happy birthday, Dad. Glad Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter. And for y'all who don't know, uh, I really admire uh, Elon Musk. He's a very uh, savvy guy, man. He was in on the PayPal. He helped bring us PayPal. He helped bring us private space exploration with SpaceX. Uh, He is very forward-looking as far as the colonization of space. Uh, He's concerned that the human race would disappear if something happened to Earth. In fact, he's even concerned we're going to destroy the Earth ourselves, and we're going to need some place to go. So I admire that about him. Uh, Of course, you know about the Tesla cars. Electric cars have come a long way because of him. I remember when electric cars first came out, the acceleration of them from zero to 60 in so many seconds. i might have been a minute for them to go zero to 60. I'm exaggerating that now. But uh, I'm saying that to say this. A friend of mine recently bought a Tesla, and he took me for a, a little spin in it. And those things are like rocket ships now. I mean, you hit the accelerator, and you will be leaning back in your seat from, the, I guess, the G-force. And so I've been really impressed with the things that he's done. Uh, and he has, uh, let people know that, uh, he will not be censoring things and he will give everybody an opportunity. And uh, the other thing he, uh, uh, business effort, he started is a place, something called Neuralink and where he's trying to, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, connect the human brain to the whole artificial intelligence. Uh, I read somewhere where he's warning us that artificial intelligence can be a very dangerous thing. So I'm gonna go back and, and take a look at that. So. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, Glad to see Twitter in different hands. I think uh, hopefully he lives up to what he said. And uh, we've become a country that's uh, more open to free speech, even people who we disagree with, even people who uh, have strong opinion. And, And if you think about it, the Constitution wasn't written for popular speech mainly. It was meant to protect unpopular speech. And and, and so and and I've talked about this in the past, there's something called the tyranny of the majority that uh, people, anybody who create a democracy be worried about, because technically speaking, if you're a democracy, uh, you can basically shut up your opponents and things, vote them out and everything else. So uh, to help us avoid that, uh, I think Elon Musk is going to be a good uh, purchaser of Twitter now. Anybody who disagrees with anything I say, let me know. Uh, if you got anything uh, to add to that, let me know. Okay. So as I said, uh, this evening guest is Anthony Hulula. And uh, we're going to bring him on right now to talk about all the great things he's doing over in Nigeria. Uh, welcome to Bright Lights, Anthony. Anthony. How you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Uh, good uh as i told my audience just now uh it's about 4 a.m over there in nigeria uh, in kenya, in kenya, nairobi, I mean, kenya. Yeah, yeah 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 i'm sorry not right, kenya i'm yeah. sorry uh nairobi kenya uh how late are you going to be up tonight and what time you have to be at work in
1: the morning anthony um no i always uh wake up by six so okay. i'll be i'm i'm good i'm good yeah you're
0: like me i was a software engineer and sometimes we'd have to work overnight installing new computer systems and things and mm-hmm. uh i used to worry about getting up and being back in the work at 8 eight thirty. 30 but i had a co-worker one time said hey that's eh, no big deal we it's i think it's about five o'clock in the morning we're working and i'm like we got to be back here at eight o'clock in the morning and he was like ah mm-hmm. eh, doesn't bother me as long as i get a couple of hours of sleep i'll be okay and as soon as he said that i was okay too uh okay so let's talk about uh growing up in kenya uh where were you what uh city or village or whatever were you uh born and raised uh in uh anthony
1: yeah i was uh born in uh, the western part of uh of kenya um i always uh call myself that i was born on the slope of a mountain called mount Eligon. that's the nearest uh i can reference i could I uh, mm-hmm. give, but uh, in a rural village, um, uh, at that time we had uh, bananas. I think I was born in between the bananas, not even in a hospital at that time, mm-hmm. um, and raised um, really in the same village. The only near town is uh, called Kimilili. Now Kenya is divided into counties, so it's in Bungoma County, which is part of the Western uh, uh, region. Okay, and mm-hmm. how how many people?
0: lived in this village that you were born in anthony
1: um well during the time uh <laughs> but we didn't have even uh, you know sense of where you will know but now i think it is uh, a bit populated we can you uh, know, I assume is like uh, five hundred thousand people you know living the in the oh, same okay. village where i was mm-hmm. born um i i come from a family of uh, 10 10 siblings i have both parents but um I didn't see my um, my my grandparents on both sides my mother's side or my father's side because uh, I think they, they 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 um died um and left my my both parents were orphans at a very young age and um, you know they were all firstborns from different you know, families so my mother was taking care of all the siblings from her side and then my father also had to take, from his side. So they started life, uh, you know, very young. Uh, they didn't finish school. My mother, I think, um, you know, only reached class seven. That's uh, grade seven. And then uh, she had to get married and uh, take care of the siblings. My father also did the same. Got, I think, up to high school for, uh, grade, uh, uh, from two. And then, uh, you know, life became difficult. So he started changing for himself. So those are the stories we get, you know, from that. And um, my grandfather had three wives. So my grand, uh, uh, my grandfather had three wives. My grandmother was their second wife who was killed because of the competition and rivalries at, at that. So those are the stories um, um, that shaped my life as we were growing up from, uh, uh, from that uh, early stages, yes. So...
0: When you start talking about five hundred thousand people, I'm not
1: thinking village. Is this still a village? Yeah, this this um, you know you know here you know there are villages in different as as you move. Um, mm-hmm. So and these villages are given names. so we call it a village because it is given a name. Like now it, it, okay, our village you. is called Sawa
0: right Sawa right. village
1: so and then you move into the other one is called for village and then you move into another one is called kamsinga village so that is the the only estimate i can give you yeah okay i promise my mm-hmm. audience we're going to get on to bigger and more important <laughs> things but just the
0: way my mind works here uh does a village <laughs> ever
1: grow up to be a city in kenya um uh, uh, I think a couple of villages will uh-huh. grow, in, a, in in a town, you know. They okay, a gotcha. Town. Uh,
0: okay, okay yes. gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and then, uh, you
1: know, it, it, even before they become a town, they become like an urban center, you know, like a small oh, right, market. Right, uh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. then those small markets, you know, will form, you uh, know, a small town. And then, you know, because we only have, um, how many, uh, four cities in Kenya. There's Nairobi as a major city. Then uh-huh. we had Kisumu as another one and then Mombasa, and then recently we had Nakuru. So there are only four, you know, among uh-huh. all the, the towns that we have here. So okay. we don't even call them cities. You know, they are towns or markets or, or or shopping centers.
0: So one of my weaknesses or strength, according to how you look at it, and I think on the podcast, is, is I don't know how to categorize it, is that I'm curious about everything, But I want you to know, Anthony, I'm not going to ask a lot of other questions about the history of uh, of Kenya and everything like that. We're going to focus more on uh, you and what you're doing here. Now, uh, you mentioned none of your parents, I think if I uh, interpreted that, remember that correctly, uh, actually uh, went to college. Is that, did I recall? Uh, and you decided that you were going to go to college. And tell us about your uh, educational experience in, in, in colleges and, and what, why did you decide to major in education and, and what influences uh, those choices on your part?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, my parents, both of them didn't get to college. They survived, I think, with the experience they got that uh, you know, they have up to now. They, were, okay. they, they are just peasant uh, farmers. And, uh, you know, the, the discussion within the house, uh, you know, always say you need to go to school. That was, uh, you know, my father, my mother, they, they valued that uh, despite. Because uh, one of the things that they will always tell us is that they did not manage to go to school because not, they didn't get somebody to, you know, uh, pay their school fees, especially, you know, my father on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that encouraged us. I have I am number three, you know, in my my family. So mm-hmm. I have two sisters you know, ahead of me. And uh, you know, they got you know to the level of home four. But now when I came that time, um uh, you know, going to school and uh, you know, there was a little bit of an environment that uh, was not encouraging. That, you know, everybody, you know, cousins, you know, the relatives, the neighbors, they were going up to maybe you know the primary level mm-hmm. and that was the level that they could go so uh I I used that as a, as a positive aspect looking at it positively to say you know can I do something different and um so I went I finished my class eight when I was going um you know to form one in fact it was now very difficult because there was no money I had to be a day scholar for a whole year you know to do that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm when i reached high school i think the environment was different uh because i met people who either had the same experience you know i was always number one on the list being sent home for school fees but Mm -hmm. you know the encouragement of my father you know coming to school or my mother uh coming to school uh they were the school was near where the church was and my mother could bring me uh, avocado which i didn't eat Mm-hmm. But that is the only thing she could afford, you know, to bring. My 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 father could, um, you know, come to school, even if I'm just away, but he will always tell the principal of the school that when he, when he, any little money that he will get, he will bring. And one thing that encouraged me, even if he did not get anything, he will always come to report to the principal. So, and, you know, that always, you know, kept me going. But um, I could not fit in any either club or any any uh, games in school and whatever but i feed it in a, a christian you know uh group mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is what propelled me because um you know i could associate a lot i became a leader of that group and i could associate with people socialize with people learn you know how to adapt and understand the situation that was uh, current by that and that is what propelled me to like join um, a group of, um, you know, uh, Catholic brothers, who we were friends while we were in school, and they are the ones who sponsored my education, uh, you know, to, to education. Without that, I don't think I will be here. Did
0: any other your siblings uh, end up graduating from
1: college also? Yes, all the ones that are behind me, because I think when I joined, uh, you know, the brothers and whatever like that, they were giving a little bit of, uh, you know, a small stipend. I used that to help my brother. You know, we are only two brothers, others are sisters, and help my sisters also going to school. Yes. Okay. So some of, uh, you know, I think uh, four of them, five of them, you know, went to college. Yes.
0: Okay. And I saw where you got a bachelor degree in education. And I think I also saw a B with the capital ED and when I see that over here, I assume a doctorate. Uh, did that imply that you got a doctorate in
1: education also? No, I have um, I did uh, I did a bachelor's uh, okay. in education. then after that I went back to do a master's in public okay. administration okay. and uh, management, yes. So I have a master's in uh, public administration.
0: And uh, you went to St. Mary's University. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, As in the St. Mary's here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But I understand where you went was not in Minnesota, that they have a campus or something in Nairobi Nairobi also. Okay, good, good. Yes, yes. And I'm assuming that had to do with your connection with the uh religious groups and things over there and they had a tie to saint mary's okay good 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 yes and so you graduate from saint mary's and then now all the fun is over you gotta actually go out and work and well you've been working all your life but life gets serious after college that's that's been my <laughs> that was my personal experience you get kind of serious then. Through college, you know, it's kind of half serious and you're still having fun. But once you get out of college and those mortgages come and and children and wives, uh, by the way, uh, tell us: do you, are you currently married? And do, tell us about your current family. Uh, if uh, yes,
1: okay. uh, I, I am married. Um, uh, I have four four children: two boys and uh, two girls. Okay. So my firstborn is, uh, you know, turning fourteen. I think uh-huh. in um. In, in June, and uh, our, the second born will be, you know, 12, and uh, the third born will be, I think, 10. And then the la- last one, you know, is um, three years. He just started school today. He's three three years and uh, four months. So he started school today. What do you mean, started this school?
0: Morning. You, you don't mean is.
1: You, you mean, is the school a daycare
0: or both? Or are they one and the same? Uh, in it, Kenya, in Nairobi. No, it's a daycare.
1: That's primary. Okay, okay, the, primary. Okay, okay, primary, okay. Level,
0: yes. Yeah. And you you mentioned your wife and your children. Now, I think you said one of your, either your, uh, I think you said your grandfather had three wives. Is that? Yes. Did I recall that yes. correctly? Yes. Uh, and, but I'm assuming that's a Christian, you don't, you're not planning on having three wives, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I have one what is enough but we we'll are talking about that uh, in a form where it won't reach my wife <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, so you graduate and uh, now you got to work you got to really go out there and make an honest living you can't just take classes and, and, and get paid and uh, you're written Food is taken care of. You actually gotta go to work. And looking at your career, let's let's talk about a few things. Uh you spent so from 2021 to now, you were a Rotarian at RC Westland. Yes. And for those of us who don't know what exactly that is, we know it's part of the Rotary International. And I'm assuming it's part of the whole Rotary Club uh ecosystem. What is a Rotarian? Uh, at RC Westland, what does that do? Ex- explain to us what you were doing there, Anthony.
1: Yeah, um, I am. I'm, I joined the Rotary in uh, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm a Rotarian in um, RC Westland, that's the Rotary Club of Westlands. Okay, got gotcha. uh, uh-huh. which is uh, uh, one of um, you know, the clubs because right. Rotary mm-hmm. International mm-hmm. has um, is divided into districts so um. The district I am is a district name to one, 12, which is uh Nairobi is Kenya, U- uh, not Uganda, Kenya, Southern Sudan, and Ethiopia. Um, you know, makes you know, that district. And then okay. you know there are several you know clubs that form mm-hmm. that district. So I am in one of it, which is called uh, uh, Rotary Club of Westlands, that okay. forms part of the Rotary International. Right. And right. what it does is Rotary is about service serving the people, serving, you know, uh, giving, you know, to help where we, uh, you know, we, uh, the need is. So it has several, um, you know, uh, pillars that is uh, uh, polio, we have environment, we have education, um, we have, um, you know, water, wash. So we, we, we do in different, uh, you know, aspects for that. And that's what propelled me to join that because of service, beyond okay. self.
0: And uh, another uh, place, either you worked or volunteered or something. It's something called Prodigy Prodigy Preachers. Prodigal.
1: In- oh. Prodigal Preacher Prodig- International.
0: Okay, I, I, What I saw was yes. Prodi- Prodigy. Okay, Prodigal. prodigal. Okay, as mm-hmm. in the
1: Prodigal Son
0: kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good.
1: Uh uh-huh. It is. It is. Um. It is an organization I helped. Uh, you know uh come up you know from the concept and uh uh it is uh a registered organization in the US uh and the, the founders are in the US that's Pastor Mike and uh Angelica and uh when I was in uh, in in the in the US in 2017 I met Angelica and I met uh Pastor Mike I went to their church I talked but they had this sealers uh passion to do something in Africa mm-hmm. and uh, in their church they had um you know, refugees, you know, from Congo, uh, you know, Sudan, you know, um, Somalia, and whatever. So they wanted to do something. So I became a conduit. you know, for them to do that here. So they registered uh, that organization, which uh, supports um, um, education of the children in Uganda, who are refugees from Nakivale Refugee Camp so okay. i coordinated that and i coordinate that uh, so we have uh around 21 children that we you know that organization is sponsoring uh, through my coordinatorship and right. then they also help you know into fitting children in um, kibera here in nairobi and mm-hmm. kangemi you know so that organization i help them coordinate things on the ground yes
0: now you just mentioned, and like I said, I just get curious about everything here. You just mentioned the name of a refugee camp,
1: yes. What's that give name I again?
0: Not good if I, so that makes it me is. think that this refugee camp has and perhaps will exist for a long
1: time. It got a name yes. to it, yes. How long has it existed, by the way? I can't remember where, but it has existed Guatemala. as long as the war has been in Sudan. Because right, okay. most oh, of good. the people who are there are Sudanese, Congolese, Somali, right. you know, so it has existed as long as that because there are several camps, right? You know, right. Nakivale, we have Kakuma, you know, there are several.
0: Okay.
1: And as you may
0: know, you've been to Minnesota, that we have perhaps the largest Somali population yes. in the U.S., mm-hmm. and I do know. It's quite a few Somalis. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do know that a lot of them uh, have a connection to Kenya. And I think there were some refugee camps, Somali refugee camps in Kenya also. Am it's I- It's I called remember? Kakuma. It's oh,
1: Kakuma. okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, and, they, and that those camps are still there, is that- Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you foresee a day when uh, Kenya is out of the refugee camp
1: business? well uh we we, we had uh, i think two years or three years ago where the government was saying that uh, you know they need now to go back because uh, there was a witness of peace in those countries and whatever but i really don't see that that is going to be soon right. given the situation in somalia um, right. uh, the situation in southern sudan still there's that tension and conflict but we have had some uh refugees who have gone back and uh, settled yeah so it will be progressive as i would say
0: yeah and i have friends from all parts of africa but i i really talked to a lot of them about the political uh military strategic uh things that's going on in east africa ethiopia eritrea and those type of places and i got a pretty good understanding of some things that's going on there where i'm going to anthony uh for people who are outside uh looking at the continent of africa and the various countries and we have to be careful we don't lump all the countries in together because i think we have a tendency to do that without respecting the fact that each one of a different sovereignty and has a different history and culture but when we look at it we often think of it As a place with a a lot of great natural resources, precious metals, gold, oil, you name it. Uh, I think a lot of the uh, special uh, material they use for iPhones and things like that come from Africa. I know that China and a lot of places are fighting over the future of Africa. Where I'm getting at, we see a place like that. And we see this discrepancy, vast discrepancy between the ruling class and the people uh, we think of outsiders uh, coming in and buying off the rulers, and the rulers are corrupt. Uh, how much of that is true? And, and 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 I know it's kind of tough because now you're generalizing. But how do you how how do you combat what's wrong with that particular perspective of Africa, if anything? And what are we missing? Give us some context to that, which we may not understand. Help educate me, I'm not going to talk about other people, about some of the things that I read and hear from people from there. And I, I guess I'm asking it more in uh, uh, concern about what is the future of Africa. But, but explain to Joan, and, and and let's make it simple for you, just deal with it from a Kenyan standpoint, because I think Kenyan is one of the more uh, uh, Western-like, country, for lack a better word I don't know uh in, in Africa but from a standpoint of Kenya uh do you see some of those dynamics and uh what is the prospect for the future to uh deal with some of those dynamics
1: yeah yeah thank you um w- w- one of the thing is um uh is about leadership and uh, you see a leadership that try. Uh, tries to a populace that is not educated and then it creates division that leads to you know um, you know um you know spoiling you know what it is that they have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know using another you know, kenyan uh, context like now now we are having this um uh campaigns you know we are going to have a new administration in place in august and um you you can see uh, what it is you know the two you know protagonists in in, in mm-hmm. the campaign what they are saying and uh, what it is and they will want to use like more of the young people um who don't have jobs because they'll start level of vulnerability uh and the population that is vulnerable in terms of what it is that they want can be swayed using money or whatever right, like that right right so you know to put that in context is that uh, we have a majority of the Africans or Kenyans you know with very little education with the you know lack of it, uh, employment and that gets to be corrupted you know and used in many uh, in different ways as politicians could be mm-hmm. another thing uh, aspect here is um, um, the, the 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 poverty that cuts across. And uh, when we talk of poverty, it is also in different aspects, mm-hmm. because you know we, we are talking poverty not as a homogeneous uh, group, but you know in segments, because mm-hmm. when we are talking of poverty, we are talking of poverty either among the young people, among women, among you know people in the rural village. So they are segments, and these are the the the, the, the group groups that can be manipulated, you know, with the people with money you know, for a different aspect of a agenda that they want to advance and that happens. Mm -hmm. So in terms of uh, getting out of this, because Africa has resources, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. You know, we have plenty of resources that we can use. But the challenge is, you know, we have oil, but we need to transport this oil to somewhere else so that it can become ready for us to use. Right. so we we don't you know have value to the goods that we have that we you know we have complete value to it so right. we need something you know it need to go to china or it need to go to the you know some ways for it to be refined for us right. to you see now that chain i think is what you know like in kenya we are trying to do to make sure that we have the byproducts and make sure that we complete the chain for us to use. So that also creates a lot of manipulation. It gets now a lot of, you know, with the longer chain, the the, the corruption is going to be there. You know, the longer chain, the manipulation is going to be there. So that's Mm -hmm. the challenge that we find ourselves in, you know, um, in in Kenya and maybe, you know, across, you know, Africa. Another thing is that, um, yes, you know, there is the African Union. There is the East African bloc. There is the you know other you know groups, but in terms of you can only negotiate trade or business as a block. Mm-hmm. But now you know when you negotiate as an individual individual countries, then there's a lot of divide and rule.
0: Right, right, and right.
1: And right. in that in that in that case, then there's a lot of again abuse, a lot of you know leaders you know getting you uh, know in hand into uh, you know things that are maybe. Um, might not be, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, populist skating, but in Kenya, one of the positive thing is that um, we are having a lot of participation and involvement of the people and people are getting smart in terms of the choices and the decisions that affect them. So you find that even in terms of uh, leadership, you know, they are now keen of what it is that, you know, they need to pass, you know, to the people because we can tell them, no, that is not in the constitution. Because, you know, like in Kenya, the constitution, the president goes for only two terms. That is it. And then we have another new uh, election. That is now changing a little bit of the perspective here. Yeah. Okay. And uh,
0: you mentioned the uh, poverty and lack of education. That's a good segue into uh, what you've done with your organization. Uh, And before we go there, uh, one last thing I was curious about as far as your career is concerned, I saw something that said, talked about mind map specialists mm-hmm. yes. for NGA foundation. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I don't know what a mind map specialist is. I'm going to have to ha- have Anthony explain that to me. And I didn't have time to look it up. I'm not going to say Google. <laughs> mm-hmm. using that word. Uh, I didn't have time to look it up because I'm tired of, I'm tired of mm-hmm. Google using my information and selling it, and I'm not getting a cut on it. Uh, but uh, what is a mind map
1: specialist? Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, let me give you a little bit of a scenario here. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a point I was teaching at the university, and um, you know I'm always very curious about you know, the development of a mind and the development of a of people mm-hmm. in what they love doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things as I was teaching, I found out that uh, many of these young people who were at the university, mm-hmm. you know, they were just there because either they were told to be there or, you know, they found themselves there as an opportunity right. to be there. But there was nothing, you know, skill and, um, you know, passion for them to really do what it is that they were to do. Because for me, in um, my thinking was that whenever you are at the university, you are being prepared to be a significant contributor to the development of the society or community or whenever you will work. But that was really, you know, here or there. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, wanted to really understand what, what is going on. So I had to resign and go back into the community and start journeying with these young people, you know, to understand, to help them understand who they are, where they are going, and how to get to where they are going, and that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, did a lot with restructuring, you know, their uh, thinking, their you know experiences, and trying to pick, you know, as they share their stories, helping them to really identify. The positive skills, you know, mm-hmm. things that they have done that they can now match with what it is that they want to do in future. Now, that restructuring and helping them brainstorm about the experience, their life, and focus, refocusing, you know, positively is what we call mind mapping. I love that. I
0: really do. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, people going to school and not, uh, I don't know. I, I, for lack of a better way of putting it, taking this serious. And I tell people my pet peeve is same thing here. I'm like, people be having college degrees and high, advanced degrees, PhDs. And I'm sometimes surprised at what they don't know. And uh, it just almost appears like people go take, get educated just to get a job. And oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. Education to me was something where I could just learn something and uh, Mm -hmm. I never took a class that I didn't like because I was I just wanted to learn and remember what I learned in that class and like I say what I'm finding it's like most people just look at college education uh, post-secondary post-secondary is a different uh, question as something I gotta do to get a job and Mm -hmm. remembering and embracing and loving all the knowledge and new things that you're learning. Uh, I just sometimes wonder about that here in America. So you've seen the same thing over there uh, uh, in uh, Kenya. Uh, you mentioned uh, your work at colleges. You were a, a college professor, were you not? Tell us about yeah, that. What What were you professing, uh, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 where uh, what
1: college or university were you doing this at? I I was I was um I, I did that at uh, uh, Mount Kenya University. Uh, that's where I did my masters. And uh, when while I was there, they gave me an opportunity to uh, help students uh, uh, teach. So I t- I taught like for almost three three or four years. You know there. So that's where I got the experience. But as as you say, when, when you look, there are so many people, you know, in different professions who are not happy. And uh, like basically in Kenya, because here is where I have much of the experience, you know, many people are just doing the job because it brings food on their table. Right, right. And they are not uh, doing that. But you know, when you look at people who are doing things they love doing you know, they progress in that career very fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that is that is that's where, you know, I, I, I come in and like, you know, do what you love doing among the people who love what you do. And it's very easy for you to achieve, um, you know, your mm-hmm. dreams. Right. But when you do things that you don't love doing, in fact, it's, your mental health, you know, is affected. Because every time you're sad, you are not satisfied, you know, you're just there because, and you know, you find out that, you know, even your your, your emotions are always, you know, have problems because you are not doing things that make you happy or things that, you know, happiness comes from inside. If you are not happy, you will not, you know, provide that happiness to even the people that you are working with. Now, that's some of the things that we work with young people here identify what it is that you enjoy identify what it is that you love so that we journey with you to make sure you achieve that because if you don't achieve your dream it will be and you know one of the things that we work with young people here to tell them is the only person who can stop you from achieving what you can achieve is yourself nobody else. yes it's yourself it's that simple really Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's, it's, it's that simple so we encourage them, you know, don't stop yourself from growing, from achieving what it is. You know, right. stay positive, you know, associate yourself with people who can encourage you and support you positively. You know, avoid, you know, people who are pessimistic, negative, right. you know, thinking, and, you know, you'll propel that. Well, that fits in perfectly.
0: Uh, what we're, the messages that we're trying to send. Uh, one of the challenges here and I live in probably the largest black community in Minnesota and with our youth, one of the issues we have, fundamental issues we have, they sit around all day and in, in the media, uh, in classrooms, in public schools, Oh call it public education, uh, in uh, with the celebrities, pop culture, all they hear is how unfair life is and whoa, you are a victim and, and how, how people have treated you and look what they did to your full parents 200 years ago. And it's very seldom they hardly hear anything positive. And like what you're saying and what we're saying, uh, if you got goals, uh, go after your goals and we hear you can achieve them. Uh, and the only person stopping you is you. And yes. uh, we, we, we don't get that message. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to look up more information on mind mapping and uh, if if, uh, if you know we have some common people we know in common. Send Sasha some links for her to relay on to me so I can mm-hmm. do some more because that's what we really need is and I tell everybody uh, my thing is perspective, attitude, how you react to things, uh, your, amount of your tenacity and there's always a spirituality component to that and And I've never ever paid attention to what the world was doing, what other people were thinking. I just always had goals and knew I could uh, uh, achieve whatever goals that I had the Mm -hmm. talent and the hard work and the effort and the discipline to achieve. And Mm -hmm. our kids need to hear more of that. So I might have to bring you next time you're in Minnesota. I'm gonna have you come and talk to some of our youth. (laughs) So, so there's this organization you you were uh, based upon your experience growing up and I understand that you were fairly uh, economically challenged and that's a euphemism for poor. Uh, and you just remembered your childhood. And as you grew up, you wanted to do something about it. And I think in 2012, you founded an organization and I hope I don't mess this up, And for our audience, he, he spent about a few minutes trying to get me, me to pronounce this correctly. So this is like a spelling test for me. Uh, uh, you formed an organization called NGO. Yes. NGAL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably messed that up. You're being nice to me. You, you pronounce it better. But uh, tell us about this organization that you founded, and I think you're currently the director there now. Tell us about it, and and what was your mission and vision and goals uh, when you? Uh, well, first of all, when you got the idea to do it, and when you did it. So, what were your missions, uh, vision, and goals for this organization?
1: Yeah, uh, even before I started in Gao, um, you know, I had already uh, worked with the, or started another organization with the brothers uh, where we were. Um, feeding street children and uh, rehabilitating them and connecting them back to school. I started with two children. Uh, That was the year 2000, I think the year 2000. And um, when I was handing over that, I I handed over when we had almost 356 children. Uh, And that was in the year, around uh, the year 2012 when I was handling that. So I had an experience of already working uh, with these poor children from the street, vulnerable families and whatever. So I had, that's what I knew, you know, uh, from that time. So when I was starting Gao, um, I wanted to do something for young people, you know, to realize who they really are. In the sense that everybody is born with inherent potential and capacity. We just don't realize it. So we started it with uh, doing community conversations uh, whereby we will ask young people, what is it that they have done? Some they have done some courses, others are just that. And what is this that they had that they can use uh, uh, to move on with their life? And that's when I started Ngao. And that's why Ngao is a Swahili word, which means shield, protect yourself. You know, you can shield with yourself. So we were starting an organization that can shield them from the vulnerability and the despair that, will, you know, happened to the young people. With the acronym, because this NGO, N-G-A-O, you know, means mm-hmm. not simple, growth aligned with opportunities. That means we pick a young child within the community or they come to us or they are referred to us and whatever, We try to notice what it is that it is in him, any asset that Mm -hmm. is in. We grow that asset or that um, capacity. We align that with the available opportunities within the community because community has everything. So if it is, for example, this person wants to be a driver, Mm -hmm. then we will, you know, notice that grow that either by connecting this person to the carriage or to the, um, you know, driving school and align that within the community any available opportunity, either driving or carriages that are available. So that's why Ngao started with the young people, with the women, like now the issue of feeding children because Ngao has, um, you know, uh, four programs. We do feed the children every day. And why we started doing that is that uh, during the COVID, we realized that many parents lost jobs. As they lost jobs, children were now roaming around everywhere. Many children were just now roaming into the streets and picking, you know, cabbage. And so we decided to say, now, what do we do? We said that if you have food, a child will not really move and go anywhere. They will just be around. So we used food as a remedy to hold children from entering into the street and that continued up to up to now um, and then now when we realized that uh, you know they can hold be there you know we started talking about them going back to school so we have the education program mm-hmm. also where we help them now those who are not in school to get the, uh, back to school and now we have a wash program within cow where we help now communities to access the clean water so that we minimize or reduce cases of them going to the hospital so that the money that is used to buy trucks or what they can use to buy food, you know, for that. And then now the mentoring, the mentoring mentoring Mm -hmm. program where Mm -hmm. we journey with young people to know who they are, where they are going, and how to get to where they are going. Okay, and for
0: clarification of me and my audience, I think you've referred to brothers at least once or twice. And I want the audience here in the U.S. at least to know, I think you're referring to your religious brothers, and it's not necessarily your, uh, because over here a lot of, uh, african americans call themselves brother but you, you're basically talking about your religious brothers when you refer to brothers right in the church yes is that okay good good good
1: now they, they are called know, maybe maybe uh-huh. if you just because they are in the us um, uh-huh. and they are known they they are known to be very good educators uh-huh. uh they are in um Massachusetts? Did I pronounce it very well? <laughs> in yes, Massachusetts. you did. You probably did and better than I did in Gal. go ahead. Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they are going Saverian Brothers, and they are in um, different parts of um of of, of US. And um, like one old school that I remember, they have uh, you know supported and run is Saint John Prep. You oh, yeah,
0: know okay. in
1: um in Denver's, and they have that. So they are going Saverian Brothers, and they are they are very good educators. Yes, Catholic uh, group of brothers.
0: Okay, so help us understand the scope of the effort to feed the children in Nairobi, Kenya. Are we? Uh, 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 what what percentage of the children would you guess, and probably a guesstimate, uh, are in need of programs like yours in Nairobi? Oh, and and, and by the way, that's part A. And part B is, what's behind that need? How do you explain that need? What's
1: causing that need? Okay, um, you see, when you talk of Nairobi, Nairobi is surrounded by slums. We have Kibera, we have Madare, we have uh, Mukuru. You know, there are several slums, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the great population of uh, people live in those, uh, you know, um, informal. We call it informal settlement or slums. So where i is uh, we are in um, in Kangemi, one of the informal settlements, and um, the we, we feed over 300 children every day, or every weekend. Like now, we we have just had schools, you know, closed for two two months, and mm-hmm. now we are having children feeding them every day, and we have only capacity that we could uh, feed was 300. Um, to 400 children because that's what we, we 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 could manage, but if it is that we have the capacity you can feed over 6,000 children because you know you'll have Kawanguare you'll have uh, the next village you could have the next village like that because I can tell you COVID had a lot of ramification you know and diverse uh, effects on families um, and uh, on children for example and even institutions. So that, that um, um, you know, happened. And the reason why we, we are doing this is many parents are struggling to make sure that they can have the ends meet, food. So right, they are, right. you know, competing between food, school, and other, you know, basic commodities on, on what it is. So you find out that uh, in where we are and the slums that are in, there are so many children, you know, who are either having one meal or no meal at all. You know, so they can have either a meal in the evening or they might miss that. So if they are at the center, you know, they will have that meal and that is what they will sleep up, there. right? You know, like uh, we are doing, even uh, you know, measure uh, measure of them just because even the
0: and talk about eating,
1: Anthony, we don't talk about, pardon? by
0: the way, Anthony, your network is is fading on us a little here is there anything we, you could do on your end to i, I think we're yeah. going to be okay though but let, let's just keep going yeah, it's, oh it's there okay you go now.
1: yep yeah. yes it's okay mm-hmm. thank you so so here we, we talk about eating we don't talk about balanced you know right. food right right, right. because uh-huh. if, if you are going to eat um you know um a mixture of maize and beans uh corn or beans that's the food that you are going to eat you are not going to talk of fruit or what, and eat what is available so that's what children eat but basically you know they will eat either one meal so the the, the parent or um no the the the, the guardian will find food for evening so that they can sleep at night but there's right. no lunch there's no breakfast so there's one meal and wow. um we are also having a lot of single parenthood here you know you'll find that uh, you know we have um, um you know a, child, a mother with mm-hmm. either six children or a father with two children, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of that. Then there's also young teenage pregnancy, you know. That has uh, you know, especially during the COVID period, we had a lot of, you know, um, unwanted, um, you know, or young, you know, uh, children, kids, you know, getting pregnant and doing, uh, you know, getting this. Now we have children, and now you find out that. They don't have a means because it's no job. There's no one. What they will do is these informal jobs. Now everybody, is, if the higher population is doing these informal jobs, then even those jobs are not there.
0: So right. you find right.
1: out now, children end up suffering. So right. organizations like now us, you know, we come up, we come up to either assist where we can, uh, manage and, and move on, and the government, you know, to do that. Yes.
0: So where does your funding come from? to do to feed these children
1: uh our funding really, girl has been getting funding from friends that that's what we you know I call it, uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. i say i call it connecting dots right, so right. if like you know you are there you hear what it is that we are doing and you love what we are doing you know and then you support us with what it is that you are support- we have not Gotten, uh any funding from a, any organization or big organization? So it has been just you know from friends. When I came to the US in 2017, you know the friends that I met, mm-hmm. they are the friends that who who support us. You right. know,
0: okay, gotcha,
1: gotcha. Um, organization, you know, uh, Protocol Preacher International. They support us in right. um, you know feeding a bit of the children. You know, right. on that, yeah. So is there? It's good friends
0: is there a reason you haven't gone after funding from, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, NGOs, international NGOs and things like that, or from foundations and things like that?
1: No, there's no reason. Uh, we, you know, fundraising is continuous. So we always, you know, try, uh, okay. you know, writing proposals. That's what we do. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, one, people give to people. Right. Yes. You know, so basically when you are not on, uh and some, you know, you will not maybe consider that, but we try each and every time to do proposals to, you know, get as much as we can get closer to getting that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I came across it. We're going to wrap it up here within five minutes or so, I hope, uh, but I never know. Sometime I ramble on. Uh, but I read somewhere. uh the statement you had food plus dance equals happiness and it reminded me food plus dance equals happiness i read somewhere on a website oh. about <laughs> about your thing and i love that because i tell people that uh, because of god and great parents and great family and great people and uh, great music great food uh, that's 95% of joy in life. You know, that's, that's life. Don't get much better. It doesn't get much better than that. And so I that really caught my mind, but, uh, tell us a little bit about what you had in mind when you said food plus dance
1: equals happiness. Yeah. Uh, that is exactly what, what happens Any child who is, um, angry cannot do anything, cannot dance. So it is. It, it has been our experience here that when the children, you know, are at our center, they don't go away. They will, uh, you know, uh, prepare food together. When they eat, you know, they will take the music and they will dance, and that has been the evidence. And when you see them eating. And after they eat or clean, and uh, you know, do what they're very happy. So it is apparent you can see it in their faces, you can see it in their muscles, you can see it in their everything. So it is a fact that okay. a child who is satisfied will talk, will share, will dance, and will even help others.
0: Okay, so tell us uh, as we wrap it up. Give us some uh, some of the uh, success stories and. Uh, any individual stories that uh you just proud of and just warms your heart when you think about and just give you that extra uh wind beneath your wings uh in doing what you're doing here do you have any stories like that for us uh anthony
1: yes um i, I have so many stories and uh you know i don't know which one i can pick and share but okay. i can um, uh attest that um I, I i feel proud and satisfied when i see a, a young life changing to positive uh, living and future and hope uh, recently we had one of the girls uh you know graduate and this girl came you not know, to our office uh, through a friend and she was a maid you know, made that working as a house girl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, the mother passed away. You know, the father remarried, and the stepmother could not allow her into the house, or they did have a very bad relationship. So she wanted, you know, to do something. She didn't want to be always a house girl, and she wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. So when we did a little bit of mapping, we realized that she was very passionate about uh, uh, her, her beauty. You know cosmetology and so you know we mapped out that and we said well you know look for the college you know you go to college we will try to raise money from friends and um whatever. when i was saying that i didn't didn't know who is going to help me put this girl in school so and that was during covet so she found a college i had to intervene and say i we don't have money to raise money to for you to rent a house. So if you can, you know, stay with your father and go to college, that will be fine. And she swallowed that pride and she went stayed with the parent. It was very difficult, but so eventually, you know, I just wrote to my one of my friends and I said, look, I have this girl. She wants to go to college. She's already there and, you know, fees is needed. Please, if you have a friend or you can, you know, support, Please, so and this uh, friend of mine, you know, just said, okay, how much is it? And I said, you know, it was uh, around six six hundred dollars, and it will take her a year, and she will complete, and she, and we got that. We paid, uh, you know, that school fees before even she finished, she got a job. Okay, and as we, 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 we you know, we talk, she graduated, uh, you know, two weeks ago. She has a job. She is now the one supporting the young siblings, you know, uh, to go to school. We had, uh, you know, when you look at our social media on Facebook, you can see a graduation there. And, you know, the father came, you know, for that graduation. The sibling came, the villagers came, and they were very happy. So we had to host, you know, that, um, you know, celebration for her. And now it has transformed her life, including you know, the family, because they see her as a person who has completed, you know, at $60, uh, no, $600 mm-hmm. within one year. She has she has a job. She can now support, you know, the other sibling with a positive, you know, now, um, you know, um, family coming together and moving on. So that is what I can share as uh, one of it, plus many others. That's a great story. Uh, what What's your biggest challenge
0: at this point? Uh, I know for fundraising is one, uh, yeah. uh, 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 is that the main challenge? And what, what will be your secondary challenge uh, after fundraising?
1: Yes, uh, what, what, uh, the biggest challenge is really getting, um, I, I think, during the COVID, we have uh, had a lot uh, fundraising a problem now, especially getting, you know, funds for children to go to school, because that's a long term, you know, commitment right, for individuals, right, right, right. that has been a, a challenge another challenge is now we want to make sure that instead of hiring where we are doing uh, mm-hmm. because now we, we want also to get a permanent place where we cannot move you know so that we set up uh, you know the the the, the, the restaurants and we, we can be there permanently so those are the two um um you know issues or challenges that we are facing at the moment yes uh, uh,
0: quickly and i, I caught this you're looking for money for children to go to school. Yes. Uh, does can you have a uh, Nairobi have a public school system where it's free?
1: Uh, yes.
0: The, oh, okay, okay, okay. Is yes, they, do. They, they, they,
1: they, they do they do so have um, a system where they say you know there's free primary school, free second school, but what what it is is the government you know subsidizes. Mm-hmm. But when we have, like now like, in the informal settlement or in the slums mm-hmm. where the government is uh, subsidizing and they only need even just uh, $5. Maybe that $5 is for exams or for something that the school is, uh, you know, want. Right, you right. Do I, know that you. That's I got you. Really not for the school because okay. the government is not buying uniform for these kids. Right, right. I got you. It's not buying maybe books or whatever. There's some very small things that right. will totalize okay. to, let me say, maybe if you you know, f- uh, f- uh, $15, but that parent will not because there is right. a need of food, either rent or a school.
0: Yeah, thanks you for know,
1: that. So that, that, that is where the problem is. But the government is doing a lot, um, yeah. you know, to make sure that there is, um, um, you know, complete full redemption of kids in school. But mm-hmm. now, especially now, second is even worse because the government pays some money and the parent need to pay some money. So right. that right. is even worse. You know, because primary, yes, but second, you know, when they go to high school is even worse because, you know, the amount is a little bit higher. And that's where we are finding now the poor parents or parents that cannot afford, they cannot even take their kids to school. Like currently, as I'm saying, I have nine in my office and I don't have money to take them to school. I'm like praying to God you know, to see how. Because they are there. That's the only place they have been for the last two months. Right, right. Now others are going to school because schools opened last uh, uh, this week. So they are like, okay, you know, Gao is going to take us to school. But now as the director, I see there and I'm like, yeah. where am I going to get this?
0: <laughs> but you've given <laughs> an example already. You're a man who walked by faith and not by sight. Uh, yes. And it has paid <laughs> off for you. So here's the thing. Um how let our audience know where they can go to find more information about your organization and how they mm-hmm. can support your, your organization.
1: Yes. They can find information on our web, web, website. We have uh, our website called where um, mm-hmm. You can get information and uh, stories on there. We have our Facebook, uh, you know, the Um Mm -hmm. You know, it's very active. You can see everything that we have. We have Twitter, you know, the same. Uh, We have um, uh, Instagram, you know, is there. And um, so you can get information there. But again, you know, there is this platform called Global Giving. Global Giving is a a crowdfunding platform. And Mm -hmm. uh, Mm Ngao projects there. We have, um, you know, one project of um, uh, helping the children, help the child get back to school. You know it's a project there so that goes to the education of the children we have emergency family relief and nutrition support is a project also on there you know from the gal then we have a project of enhanced access to clean water you know and sanitation so we have uh, three projects on global giving you know under the gal foundation that you know we, we try to fundraise and support in the community so for anybody who wants to support you can uh, get us to, uh, on the website uh you know and you can um, you know support through Paypal or through you know direct wire go to global giving uh and you know Google, uh, you know c uh, foundation then go foundation you'll get the project that you want to support it will be there and then it in fact you just follow you click on the project and just follow the um the instruction then you can you can support uh it can give you um whether you want to do monthly you know, a once, a recurring, or we want to do a once, it gives you all the options, and we will definitely uh, appreciate all the support.
0: Well, speaking of appreciation, uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us this evening, uh, telling us about all the great work you're doing. Uh, I really love the whole idea of mind mapping and getting our young people uh, to focus on what they want to be and knowing that they can achieve whatever they set their minds to it. And that's a very positive message. Of course, the basic thing of feeding the children, I mean, you don't get any better than that. And just keep up the great work. Uh, before we leave, uh, I want you to leave our audience with a short, uh, upbeat, positive message message anthony and, and and before you go there next time you're in the u.s i think you and i have a common uh associate uh, in sasha denisova uh let sasha know uh that you'll be coming to minnesota again and i'll make sure i get a chance to meet you but uh leave our audience oh by the way the other part of that is that i want to come to kenya i i used to work with some computer programmers and i.t project managers from kenya yeah mm-hmm. and i was very impressed with their knowledge and professionalism and the way they dress they dress sharp too uh but uh <laughs> look like you're dressing sharp too uh so but leave uh, <laughs> i'm gonna be in kenya by the way uh, you're, you're gonna say i'm gonna meet you in kenya nairobi and would you recommend that i come i'm assuming yeah Uh, But uh, leave our audience with a very positive message, Anthony, and looking forward to meet you in person one day. Uh, Go ahead, your stage.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate um, um, for this. I don't take uh, this for for granted because uh, it is the opportunity that comes once um, in a lifetime um, for for this. And I want to leave uh, this. the, 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 the people or to the audience today that uh, uh, do what it is that you love doing with the people who love what you do and you can achieve your dreams easily. Always remain positive and do what it is that you love doing and remain happy. When that. you are happy, you will give happiness to the community and to the people around you. Thank you so much. Great positive
0: message. You have a great morning. Uh, it's time for you to go fix breakfast, I guess, uh, for for your wife and children this morning, by the way. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you in person one day and uh, having you back on the podcast. So, uh, Anthony, uh, have a great evening and uh, enjoy. Thanks for being on. All right, everyone, that was Anthony Halula with the NGAL Foundation. Look them up, doing some great things uh, over in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, uh, feeding children and helping them uh, become educated and things like that. So there's a lot of good Samaritans out there that we need to line up and support. Uh, In the meantime, go out to my website, uh, lacyjohnson.com, subscribe. Click the bell for notification, uh, support the podcast. Uh, We got an online store with merchandise, and we do appreciate your financial support and and donations. Uh, We're going to continue to work this uh, with a little tenacity and consistency and improve over time and get better for you. So once again, everyone, thank you for watching and listening. And this is Lacey Johnson saying goodbye for the Bright Lights podcast where we bring you achievers and we're not here for any negative things. We're saying let's set some goals and let's go forward and achieve them and let's light a candle instead of cursing the dark. Good evening, everyone. See you next week.